Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. So the YMCA in Port Townsend, Washington, decided to permanently ban 80-year-old Julie Jaman for hate and discrimination after she expressed concerns about a trans woman in the female changing room. That kicked off dueling protests in the town last Saturday, and Katie Davis Court has all the details. And the Quebec provincial election is in full swing, but when it comes to media coverage, one of the parties is not like the others, which is to say that since the beginning of the campaign, Rebel News has covered events put on by Quebec Solidaire, the Quebec Liberal Party, and the Conservative Party of Quebec, Ah, but when it comes to the party seeking re-election, and that would be Francois Legault's CAQ, Rebel News is media non grata. In fact, Legault has even sicked the cops on our reporter, Alexa Lavoie. <laughs> but what is he afraid of? Alexa will try to make sense of it all. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses to my report on the OLG, the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation. They have a COVID policy still in place, which is to say you can buy lottery tickets 24-7 at your local retailer. But when it comes to going to the OLG's prize center in downtown Toronto, you must make an appointment weeks in advance and you must go during very restricted hours because, well, it's too dangerous to go into the night cutting checks, apparently. Science! Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Katie Davis Court reporting for Rebel News. I am on the ground today in Port Townsend, Washington, where a group of self-described patriots are rallying against the YMCA's decision to permanently ban 80-year-old Julie Jamon from the swimming pool after she allegedly witnessed a trans woman, a biological male, watch little girls undress in the women's changing room. Now, this group of patriots are standing today, they say, for women's rights, and counter-protesters have arrived who are standing by the YMCA's decision to ban Miss Julie Jamon. There's a heavy police presence here today. I'm not sure what to expect. If you would like to support Julie, please go to LetHerSwim.com and sign the petition. I was pushed, I was shoved, I had both of my suffragist flags stolen by a mob that was very disrespectful towards a group of women, elderly, older than myself. How is it that women come out to speak and are shut down and pushed around and threatened? What is happening to the freedom of speech for women? Why are we doing this rally today? Um, because we're looking at like the ultimate inversion. And what I mean by inversion is that facts are not subjective uh, to people's opinions. Uh, factually, I'm a man. Factually, you're a woman. Right. Um, the darkest days in history are often represented when we invert facts and we, we replace them with opinions. It's a common predecessor to othering. We just saw othering several days ago um, when the Fuhrer, Joe Biden, um, got on the news and said, hey, basically, these people who disagree with my political dichotomy, they're the enemies of the state. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans 
represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That was an official White House statement. That wasn't a campaign speech. He had two Marines, you know, that were standing there. So when they say, well, you know, Julie's not here today, I think it's funny when Antifa now begins to talk about individual rights. I thought they could care less about individual rights. Um, you can't have your cake and you can't eat it too. At the end of the day, I don't think that men should be allowed to be voyeurs and sit in locker rooms and stare at women or little girls. Well, they get undressed. Beyond that, the national message that's going out is you need to be afraid. If you're a conservative, if you're a constitutionalist, you need to be afraid, you need to keep your head down, you need to shut the hell up. Uh, you've known me a long time. Um, the last thing I'm gonna do is keep my head down and shut the hell up. Um, so why we wanted to do this today is we knew we'd get a huge reaction. Um, with huge reactions, bring media, and this is my call out. This is our scion call to everybody saying, they want you to sit down, you stand up. They want you to shut up, we want you to speak. Activate, organize, network, prepare, support, unite, defend. This is our republic, it's not theirs. Obviously, if the YMCA is gonna kick them out, they did something wrong, and it happened multiple times. Right, so how do you feel about this group coming to town today? Okay, um, I think that they have no right to say anything because they're not trans. Well now, doesn't that last comment say it all, folks? That the patriots in support of the grandmother who was banned from the YMCA, they have, quote, no right to say anything because they are not trans, end quote. Geez, was that really a segment that was filmed in the United States? And is that lady really an American? Because, honey, I hate to break it to you, identity politics does not trump the First Amendment. Wow. And joining me now is our Seattle-based reporter, and that would be Katie Davis-Cord. How you doing there, Katie? I'm doing great. How are you, David? Oh, doing fantastic. You know, so, Katie, um, that was an astonishing uh, report you did with the two uh, sparring uh, protests regarding this 80-year-old um, lady banned from the YMCA. But are these the new rules when it comes to debate in Washington State? Namely, if you have an opinion regarding an identifiable group, you must be a member of that particular group in order to voice it. And if you're not, then, well, just keep your mouth shut. Katie, how did this attitude ever take root in a nation that cherishes freedom of assembly, freedom of expression, and, of course, freedom of speech? Right. It's, it's rather quite astonishing. You know, you see gender identity politics really taking over and they have their roots in the Pacific Northwest. And if you have a dissenting view or, or you even just express and challenge that narrative of should a transgender woman really be or just transgender individuals in the first place, should they really be in biological sex areas? Because that really opens the door for criminal activity. And I'm not saying all trans people are perverts or even remotely like that. The majority of them are absolutely not, but it opens the door to criminal activity. You don't know what's going to happen. People take, uh, take it for advantage and the abusers will come through. And so if you have a dissenting opinion in the state of Washington, you're not welcomed. And the progressives have taken over. It is one view. It's their way or the highway. But you are starting to see the conservatives start speaking out and really start making their voices heard. But news doesn't show that. So mainstream media here and local news is a big issue, which is why 
independent journalism is so important because you and it even know that there was a conservative side in Washington state. Washington is actually a purple state. You have a very far left blue dot, which is Seattle and the surrounding um, areas of Seattle are very democratic, but you go to the East side, it is as conservative as can be. And I think things are going to start getting exciting in this state. The conservatives are starting to unite, start speaking out. So we'll really see what happens. Well, certainly hope as always abounds, Katie. But, you know, it's very interesting, this shutting down the debate, shutting down the discourse, especially in a land which has the Constitution, which has the Bill of Rights, beloved documents for anyone who embraces freedom. And I think part of it, Katie, is the indoctrination process, um, especially in post-secondary schools, where you see this mindset take root, um, punch a Nazi. Now, if somebody was hell-bent on world war, if somebody was um, trying to concoct a genocide, yeah, I think the Nazi descriptor fits and maybe uh, a punch is worthy. But when they say Nazi, Katie, they just mean somebody with a contrarian opinion. And it's not to be met with words or other ideas or debate. It's to be met with violence and this is just the most recent example. And look what we're talking about. An 80-year-old lady who has yeah. justifiably an issue with a biological male in the ladies' change room. And she's made out to be the villain. How do you make sense of this, Katie? Right. Well, you don't. And, you know, you mentioned the Nazis. So when I was out there reporting over this weekend, it was a rally. It was conservative standing up for women's rights and the counter protesters were standing by the YMCA's decision to ban Julie because they, they refused to listen to her concerns and have just deemed them transphobic. So they say, get Julie out, even though she was a swimmer there for 35 years. But you see these signs calling these people Nazis when the main organizer of the event is Jewish. So you have these, <laughs> actually, you, it's crazy to make sense of this. And you have these, you know, gender identity. They are stuck in their one way of thinking. Any dissenting view is you're a racist, a Nazi, a homophobe. And they're dead set on those views. And their comments are actually inciting violence against who they deem as political opponents. And it's crazy that we are in this stage of America where you are not, if you are a conservative, you are not entitled to have those views. And I, you know, it's a very scary place that we're at. It's kind of dumbfounding that we even got to this place. But I, I'm going to say a lot of the problem is conservatives, they allow themselves to be canceled, canceled that here and at least Washington state, they are too afraid to speak up because when you do, you get that label placed on you, but they can't stay silent anymore. And they kind of dug themselves in, into the hole that we're in now because they allowed the left to deem their views um, unacceptable. You know, I think you've touched upon a very important topic here, uh, Katie. Uh, you even see Republicans today and they'll talk about Donald Trump. They say, you know, we loved his policies. We love what he did for the economy. We love what he did for world security. But, you know, and the but means, you know, these nasty 
uh, tweets of his, but they're not really nasty. It's the butt is what made Donald Trump. What I'm saying is that he called out political correctness. He called out wokeism. That's what made Donald Trump the complete package. There is no buts when it comes to Donald Trump. And to see Republicans, conservatives drink that Kool-Aid, uh, it, it is indeed disturbing. But at, for the subject at hand, uh, Kate, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Democracy Fund here in uh, the GTA, they put on a uh, forum about radical transgenderism. We um, one of the speakers was the mother of a um, athlete that was losing to Leah Thomas. That's the biological male in the NCAA swimming program. She was tearing mm -hmm. up at times. But basically what she was told when you boil it down is that inclusion trumps fairness. So in other words, it's completely unfair for a man to go up against a woman in a sport other than equestrian and auto racing. But in the name of inclusion, that is the be all and end all. Katie, this is madness to me. Oh, it absolutely is. They are essentially erasing biological females from our spaces. They are targeting females. You are no longer allowed to be a female. And not just that, they are, you know, they're taking over women's sports, but they're also taking over the narrative. I mean, they're changing the narrative that men can get pregnant, something that is so special and unique <laughs> to a female individual. The transgender movement, I mean, I'm someone that is tolerant. I think transgenders, they do have a place in society. People should be kind. No one should be rude to anyone. Um, but they can't come in and take over female spaces. They are still biological, biologically men that are imposing on what makes women unique and beautiful and um, contributes to society. There's di there's different roles, and there if my opinion on the women's sports issue is they need to make their own transgender leagues to be fair. Um, because if they say that, oh, well, the hormones are make the men, you know, more female and they're less, um, you know, they're less strong at their sports. They they don't win as well against, you know, their male, their male counterparts. Well, they need to make a league of their own to instill fairness because it's not fair. I, I totally agree. That What a great line. A league of their own, like the uh, the, the movie from the 90s about the uh, female baseball players. Give them a league of their own to play. Then stand back and get out of their way. That sounded good. You know, that's the thing, uh, Katie. I'm not anti-trans. I mean, if you're talking about an individual who wants to take hormone shots, dress as the other sex, uh, slice and dice their genitalia, uh, for that matter, and you're going to live your life in the suburbs or the downtown condo and not bother anyone. Hey, I'm all for freedom. It's radical transgenderism. And I think it's a pillar in there, along with critical race theory, that it's part of what, um, you know, the wonderful Mark Levin talks about, American Marxism. In other words, it's about tearing everything down that made America great to uh, rebuild it as a communist utopia, which, of course, has never happened in the history of the world. And you're absolutely <laughs> right. I, I, I think, 
you know, you know, when it comes to women, why is it that at that protest, I didn't see any, you know, feminist groups standing up for the 80 year old grandmother. I would argue that the YMCA by being so-called inclusive to the transgender men is actually practicing misogyny. They are being anti-female. Where's the feminist movement in this argument? Right. I totally agree. That's an excellent point. So after the incident, a women's rights groups actually came out to Port Townsend and stood with Julie Jamon. They said that transgender people really don't have the right to be in women only spaces in such an intimate setting. But when they decided to rally, they were attacked by men, grown men in the city of Port Townsend over their views. And this was not political. And I just want to throw this out there. Julie Jamon, she's a Democrat. She's a social justice activist, someone that has rooted her um, career in political activism. And after they rallied, they were attacked by Antifa, by men. And what was most shocking to me was the mayor of Port Townsend, David Faber, after these elder, elderly women were attacked, he wrote a tweet and expressed support for those attacking the women saying, what a beautiful, um, what a beautiful display of hope and how the, the event gave him so much hope for the future of Port Townsend and the inclusive community that is coming to them. So that is why the majority of them were not in attendance um, on Saturday because they were attacked. And it's a scary thing. If you aren't, um, it's a very scary thing in the state of Washington. If you don't have um, the support that you need you're not going to continue speaking out because you will get attacked for your views if they dissent from the leftist narrative. And, and, you know, Katie, I wonder if the mayor really means what he says or is his narrative driven by the fact that with the intimidation tactics, the coercion tactics, which you've been a victim of by the likes of Antifa, is he worried about them showing up on his front lawn, uh, condemning him as a transphobe? But what a weakling. And I got to tell you, the most despicable men I tend to meet out there in the field are those men who self-declare that they're a feminist because they're more right. they're more misogynistic than uh, pro-feminist. One last point, Katie, I got to tell you, I mean, you're a new uh, recruit to our team and we're, it's great to have you. Five years ago, I did a social experiment. I actually dressed up as a woman and went to a taxpayer-funded pool in Toronto that had sh set aside an hour a day for a so-called Sharia swim. So in other words, females only of the Muslim faith, the windows were papered over because you you know, you weren't even allowed to gaze upon it. And I went in wow. there. Oh yeah. It, it, it was an incredible experiment because I went in there as perhaps the most ugly looking female in the history of the planet in a bathing suit. And I wanted to gauge the tolerance. Now, one lifeguard said, we're getting complaints about you. And if they continue, I'm going to ask you to leave. Another lifeguard came up to me and said, I totally believe what you stand for. And you're welcome to use this pool. The point I'm getting at, Katie, something that was totally par a parody, satire five years ago has actually come to fruition today, i.e. biological men invading women's spaces. And hey, the ones complaining, they're the problem, not the invader. 
Last word goes to you, Katie. Right. That's a great point. I mean, it just shows where we're at, but it's not just the United States. It seems, it seems it's um, happening across the world, at least in what Western civilization. So guess we're in for a treat with the new world order, whatever the world economic forum has in store for us. Cause I have a feeling it's only going to get worse. Yeah. I, I I'm afraid you're right. Hey everybody, how are you digging that new normal and building back better? Oh my goodness. Katie, it was a wonderful report. You stay safe out there and have yourself a great weekend as well. Great. Thanks, David. Okay, thank you. And that was Katie Davis Court in Seattle. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. So, hey, Alexa, for Ben News, I'm currently in Laval. I don't know if you remember our last report about Mr. Legault, but we were at Laval de Rapide, and police officer did escort us out of the event. Politique a toujours été d'exclure Rebel News. Merci. Merci beaucoup. Et ça, c'est seulement la casse. Je vous demanderai de quitter. Et ça, c'est seulement la casse. Je vous demanderai de quitter. Today, Mr. Legault is here at the restaurant Rob for having a lunch with some volunteer and some candidate. But as you know, we can see multiple police officers and as well as private security that are all around the restaurant, making sure that no nothing happened and everything is safe for the premiere. So we are here because we have a couple of questions for Mr. Legault. Has if he will reveal all the unappeal offer that he gave during the pandemic and as well why he keep denying and refusing to have a public investigation on what happened to the CHSLD, the elderly facility. So we will try to catch Mr. Legault. Let's check it out. It's normal that others give all the interviews, but that Mr. Legault doesn't have a comment. I don't have a comment. I'm here for security. Do you think it's normal in a democracy? No. So we are here today because, as you know, the 3rd of October, it will be the final vote for deciding who will be the next leader of the province of Quebec. And as you know, Mr. Legault is currently our premier, but it's really difficult to get close from him. And it's really difficult to ask questions. As you know, their party have decided to exclude rebel news, but we are here, we continue to be there to be able to ask questions. So we were able to observe that every single person who were around the perimeter, they were questioned by the police to ask what they are doing here. And if they had nothing to do here, they were asked to leave. So, Mr. Lego have a bus just right there for the tour, but you just see it. Mr. Lego doesn't take the bus. It take private car. So 
double standard again. I was there, all the security from the police were all surrounding the perimeter. And you know what? I say, I'm a journalist, and they laugh in my face. Now, riddle me this, folks. Who's afraid of the lovely and talented Alexa Lavoie? Well, Justin Trudeau is, we know that, even though we successfully sued in federal court in 2021, again, to be allowed into the federal leaders debate, Prime Minister Blackface would not take Alexa's questions. And now it's deja vu all over again, isn't it? As Premier Legault refuses to take questions from Ms. Lavoie. And even worse, Alexa gets the bums rush from police and security guards you see, law enforcement types rightfully consider Alexa armed and dangerous. Oh, not with firearms or knives, mind you, but with tough questions. And the media party sluggos, well, those people, they dare not ask those questions. How shameful. And with more on Alexa's quest to get some answers from the Premier of Quebec running for re-election, here is Miss Lavoie herself. Bonjour, Alexa. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> so, Alexa, I got a laugh out of that goon telling you to stay in a specific area of the parking lot called the safety zone. And as that is being said, a cameraman with the mainstream media waltzes into the other part of the parking lot. Presumably, that's called mm. the unsafe zone. Uh, that's a new one for me, Alexa. What the hell is going on? Uh, so... I I went there for like trying to get some questions to Mr. Legault, but I didn't know, like last time he said that with the exclude Ruben News, so I was not capable to get my question to Mr. Legault. But again, um, of course, the security, I put the perimeter just right where I should not pass. Like, and um, unfortunately, Mr. Legault is the same as Mr. Trudeau. They don't like to be face-to-face um, -to, -face to real question, especially uh, with, like, the really bad uh, end of, like, their four years uh, being a, the premier in Quebec. So uh, we know that we, lots of questions have not been answered by him. So, of course, I was just standing there and I was waiting for him to get out of the restaurant that he actually rent out all the place because he is so scared that some other people who pass in the business can maybe is being a threat to his security. I knew that like every, every car was like starting up to be working and uh, I was like okay so it's coming up uh, soon but I saw one of the cameramen from the mainstream getting behind me yeah. and I was like but Mr. Lego would probably not pass by here so what are you doing here so I didn't really bother at the beginning but I was watching Guillaume and saying like uh, why why is doing that and at the second that Mr. Lego went out of the door, he f started to film me and film my interaction with the police. I was like, what do you expect? And it's why I turn around and I look at, at him saying like, what are you doing? Why are you filming me? And, and, and I was like, you want to create a story with probably me like being blocked by the police? Nothing is interesting there. So, um, first of all, that, 
disturbed a little bit me because I wanted to focus to say my question to Mr. Lego. I was, of course, really far away because they, they blocked me to pass. And when I say at the end, I say, why Mr. Lego doesn't take his own bus, but a private car, like still like suburban big car. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is not hypocritical critical to not like taking the campaign bus that uh, a lot of money have been spent there, but you use like another private car. Um, you promote them um, being really green and to <laughs> stop to produce like a lot of uh, CO2, but you're yeah. using one extra car just for yourself uh, going all around the province. Well, um, and you know, Alexa, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, I found that so fascinating in your report. The elaborate lengths Mr. Legault would go to to presumably give you the slip because he's friendly with the mainstream media types. The fact that there's that giant campaign bus with his face on it. And uh, meanwhile, he's buggering off in a uh, nondescript uh, SUV. And you're right, there's the hypocrisy part of the equation in terms of the, the carbon footprint. But what I want to get at is that I think I think this speaks very damaging about Mr. Legault's character, that he cannot have the spine, he cannot have the wherewithal to take questions from an alternative news organization. And I know your questions are tough, but I know they're going to be fair too, Alexa. And I liken it to when Donald Trump was in the White House, and whether you love or loathe Donald Trump, and of course I love the man, he never shied away from the media and tough questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he would get into it with uh, Jim LaCosta of CNN. In fact, I think Trump actually enjoyed the sparring, you know, the battle of wits. But we have leaders in this country, so-called, like Mr. Legault, like Mr. Trudeau. It's like they're little, you know, they're too sensitive to entertain an impolite question. Again, um, Alexa, I would ask these men, why are you running to be a leader in the first place? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people told him like recently that he's, he is more arrogant than before. And mm. he, he doesn't try to look nice with people. It's always this, this highs that just like show that, oh, I'm so superior. Just go away. <laughs> and it cannot, yeah, but it, it's, it's all he is. It's it, not, you have not this, um, beautiful way to, to be close to the people. Uh, actually more we see him, more we hate him, but <laughs> that's not the point. The point is like, he cannot stand the opposition, cannot stand independent media, cannot stand the people who think differently than him. And he just cannot stand everything that is not him. Well, you know, Alexa, fair enough, but that doesn't give him the right to run Quebec as though it's a banana republic. I, actually, I shouldn't call it a banana republic. You don't grow bananas in uh, Quebec. How about a maple syrup republic? Uh, how's that? <laughs> um, tell me, uh, Alexa, here's the big question, uh, re uh, regardless of all this street theater that we have to go through in trying to track down this man. Um, what are his chances of getting reelected? What what do you see in Quebec in terms of uh, potential regime change? I know whenever I've gone to uh, Montreal to cover a demonstration, um, the F. Legault chant is always uh, very loud and very prominent. And I might add, uh, so many of the people that have a hate on for him 
are young people. Uh, you know, they're you know. So I, I think that speaks volumes. What do you think is going to happen uh, on election day in uh, La Belle Provence? But I would say, first of all, like the young people, most of them, they don't vote. That's they don't true. care about voting. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, when we come to like 30, 40s, it's when you realize that it's really important to vote for telling what you really want because you see all the problematic on the system. It's really when you really open your eyes. And afterwards, the growing up and the more old people, um, they like the stability. They have this kind of fear to change uh, because they think that all the, what they know will just fall apart, uh, especially for the elderly people. You know, they like the stability. They what they have, it's good for them. So they don't go and see further to see like what is the real problem like in the country. They just see, okay, I'm good, I'm settled. Uh, do I need more? No, I'm going to vote for the same prime uh, prime minister that we call in French but premier because. Lego, it's good with the elderly people. They give uh, some money and they, they actually promise to give more money for the 70 and plus. And so I have the impression that Lego is paying for their vote because he know that these generation will vote for him. He know that it will win them. So it, it's why it's not, Mr. Lego is not even daring to go to um, a debate of idea with the children, like the eight, eight like young people, I would call, yeah. uh, is not daring to go there. So it wasn't there what, when it was the, um, the kind of debate between the, the party. So only four of them were, were there because he know he have no vote there. He, well, he know, doesn't care. I got to tell Alexa, it, it, it is staggering to me because I think Quebec probably had the absolute worst record on the COVID file these past two and a mm -hmm. half years. I believe it was the only jurisdiction, I think, in North America that actually uh, implemented a curfew. Uh, mm -hmm. And you saw how uh, heavy handed they were with citizens, with independent media. Uh, I think this is a most undeserving man uh, to get reelected, but we'll see what the people have to say. One last point, because I know you have to go. Uh, maybe, Alexa, we have to get creative in uh, getting our questions out to Premier Legault. And by that, I, I mean our logo at Rebel News. It's the uh, megaphone. Maybe you have to equip yourself with a megaphone so you can bellow your questions 50 meters away. At least you'll be able to hear them. What do you think about that, my friend? I would say, everybody, just chip in generously so I can have a speaker to go and like <laughs> speak up against my premier. Oh, my God. How comical. But he's the one writing the jokes, that's for sure. Well, Alexa, <laughs> thank you so much. And you have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. And that was Alexa Lavoie in Montreal. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. Well, folks, I'm at the OLG Prize Center. And I'm here because as the world is moving on in these basically post-COVID-19 times, it looks like the OLG is the government bureaucracy that time forgot, which is to say that 
as we head into 2023, the OLG is carrying on as though we are still in 2020. That's because here at the Price Center, service is extremely restricted. You can no longer walk in to claim a prize from a winning lottery ticket. You have to make an appointment. And in addition to that, the hours of operation used to be until 7 p.m. And now it is only till 4 p.m. And those appointments, sometimes it takes days, sometimes it takes weeks. Um, they don't care. now. I'm curious why that is, and I reached out to Tony Patanti uh, of the OLG um, because I was told by a Jennifer, they don't give their last names, they don't give their uh, company numbers, that this was all due to health and safety reasons. Uh, here's uh, Jennifer, I believe, from Sault Ste. Marie. And, and by the way, are the hours in terms of buying lottery tickets, are those restricted too? No, they are not. Okay, so that's odd. So you can buy the tickets anytime, but you can only, you know, schedule more than a week ahead and before 4 p.m. Because God forbid those workers stay past four. Um, and that, it, it, and this is in the name of COVID. So it's kind of funny how um, buying tickets, you're not affected by COVID, but claiming the money, getting the check, you are. I, 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 I don't understand the science behind that, Jennifer. As I said, I can't speak to that. However, if you wanted to go ahead and make an appointment, we can start the process and I can get your information and get you on the appointment list for that day. But you said that it was due to COVID earlier. I'm just confirming what you said. Okay. Some of the changes that have been put into place, yes. Okay. But as I said, I'm not in that department. I don't know all the changes that have had to be been made, but we have made a lot of different procedural changes, which have made things different than what they used to be pre-COVID. So you made procedural changes that made things different prior to COVID. I, I don't understand what that means. Things now are different than what they were before COVID. So there you have it. It's, uh, again, health and safety. But here's the thing. Why is it that it's a health and safety issue when it comes to claiming a prize, that you need an appointment, that the hours of operation are limited till 4 p.m.? But when it comes to buying lottery tickets, well, you can do that 24-7. And you don't need an appointment, of course. You just go into a store and slap your money down. So it's very much of a double standard. Now, now Tony Batonti at least did pass my queries to him along to somebody at the customer service department of the OLG. And uh, that person's name is Corrine M. She's a senior customer care specialist. And this is what she had to say. Uh, OLG's price center is dedicated in providing our customers the best possible experience. Our appointment process, which evolved as a result of the pandemic, allows us to optimize our performance and better serve our customers. That is why the appointment process continues today. And she goes on to say that this is now permanent. But wait a minute, the pandemic is not permanent, or is it? Um, And she further goes on to say that... um, 
this is somehow uh, a good thing uh, for customers, that this is a, uh, uh, an enhancement of the customer service process. So less service equals more service. I just don't get that. But again, the double standard is egregious and appalling, I think, in the fact that you can purchase your tickets anytime you want, but if you want to get your prize, well, you're going to have to make an appointment and you're going to have to take time off work and you're going to have to pay for parking and yada, 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 and so it goes. So anyways, I do have a winning ticket. That's why I've been allowed in here. It's a small amount, about 2500 bucks, and um, I'm not optimistic. I am going to get paid because I'm in a file, evidently. They know I file critical reports of the OLG. So ultimately, I have to go to small claims uh, to issue a claim for them to give me my rightful winnings. Let's see what happens today. Two, right? And Actually, they didn't. Oh, yes, I did. well, no, you said. I said this way, sir, and you turned around and said, I'm not going no, I, you said my business here is done, and I said it's not done because I don't have my money. You can ask to leave. Uh, no, no, you never said that. Okay. I, I got my camera. Leave? Okay, are you asking me now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and what is your name? I'm Clayton Morgan. Clayton Morgan? Yeah. Okay, then. All right. I'll leave. I'm not going to cause okay. you trouble. Oh, no problem. You know? Thank you very much. Okay, then. But just to let you know, yes, these guys have a file on me, and they are not giving me my rightful winnings because of the reports I file on them. Okay. I think this is scandalous. Okay. And basically what I have to do is go to small claims court in order to get my winnings, which is an added $100 for me to file the claim. But this is the racket they're running here. Okay. You know, I know you're a good guy. Yeah, I yeah. like you. Yeah. I've met you before here. Yes, at the sir. Gym. Yes, sir. You're a good guy. These guys, this is, yeah. this, this is a criminal racket. Okay. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Mother tells me that every day. <laughs> really? Why does she say that? Because you're running, a, you're working for a crown corporation that denies day, rightful sir. winners yeah, their have money. Have a good day. I asked you to leave. Have a yeah, good I'm, day. I'm leaving. I'm there leaving. you go. Okay. So there you have it. They claim my information is insufficient, even though I've given them all my data. I've given them my driver's license. I have told them the... Um, location of the uh, retailer and name the retailer that would be a petrol canada in vaughan and once again that is not sufficient information for them science you can buy lottery tickets 24 7 without fear of catching covid folks but if you want your winnings you need to make an appointment days or weeks in advance and then the prize center shuts down at 4 p.m because Apparently, it's unsafe to cut checks into the early evening. Like I said, science. Oh, and if you have the temerity to ask impolite questions, then it's... No prize. Aucun lot. You had plenty to say about the scandalous OLG yet again. Hurley P. writes, Don't waste your money. Government lotteries are a rip-off operation. Ah, but here's the rub, Hurley P., the ostensible policy reason of governments running gambling monopolies is that they allegedly abide by the philosophy of social responsibility. Translation, the private sector 
can't possibly be trusted to sell liquor and lotto tickets, but the government is more responsible and more trustworthy. Insert drum roll here. Jake Jakerson writes, that security clown is just another taxpayer cash suck up and is exercising authority he doesn't have. Yeah, he was a bit too smug for my liking, to be truthful. Easy for him to say your business here is done. He's not the one going home empty handed after all. Alberta Brain writes, lotteries are government tax grabs. Oh, I totally agree. But I think it goes without saying that the OLG or any other government gambling organization must pay out jackpots when they are won fair and square. And then to withhold winnings due to an ideological disagreement? That's outrageous. That's egregious. And it's even downright illegal. Julian Cormier writes, Translation, our new procedure slash policy allows us more control slash lack of service toward our customers. It also has allowed us to cut more jobs slash staff in order to serve you better. Bingo, Julian, isn't it great running a monopoly? The rules of the free market economy simply do not apply. And Sir Sunrise writes, seems like they are stalling to do payouts I'm surprised they're not asking what your vaccine status is. Oh, please, Sir Sunrise, don't give these grifters any new ideas. Well, that wraps up tonight's edition of Rebel Roundup. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And as always, folks, keep in mind, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. Good night.